the first day of our seminar on Canto One Overview. Today we will be discussing the first nine chapters, first half of Canto Nine, and tomorrow the last ten chapters. Everything is based on this book, Canto One Overview, at a glance. And if you'd like, you, after the class, you can get the book from me. We also have Canto Two with us, one copy left. All right, so here, this picture is a picture of the whole first canto, picture for every chapter. Today we're going to be studying the first section, Narada and Vyas, and the second section, half of it, Krishna in Hastinapur and Dwarka. Just in Hastinapur today with Bhishma, Kunti, and Vyasadev, meditating on Krishna. So, Chapter one, this is, these are pictures for every verse of the chapter, divided into five sections in this first part of chapter one. Um, so this, Shri Prabhupada said that uh, everything he spoke in Krishna consciousness is in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. And everything he spoke in Krishna consciousness is in the first chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. And everything he spoke is in the first verse and purport of Srimad Bhagavatam. Everything is contained in that first verse. So this is called Mangalacharam, auspicious invocation, the first three verses here. And there are three parts to it. Um, Vastu Nudesh Ashirvad and Namaskar. So first, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, that is the Namaskar, offering obeisances to Krishna, Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Vastunirdesh, he's is describing who is his worshipful deity, Lord Shri Krishna, how he is the origin of everything, process of creation. And then we go to the second verse where uh, he first of all rejects everything which is cheating, all cheating religion, dharma, artha, kama, moksha is rejected from Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is uh, very significant because this is where Bhagavad Gita connects with Srimad Bhagavatam. Gita ends with Sarvadharma Paritaja Mamekam Sharanamaja. Give up all varieties of religion and surrender to me. And Bhagavatam starts with give up all varieties of cheating religion, <laughs> surrender to Krishna. So here is, there are two connections between Gita and Bhagavatam. Uh, and, one, and both are found in first canto, and this is the first connection here in the second verse. And here he also gives blessings to, if you listen attentively and submissively, you will capture Krishna in your heart. So, qualification to receive the message here is also given in the second verse. You must be not envious, nirmatsara, nirmatsara. Now this is, we are here, we're going to learn lessons from each picture, and after the picture I'll ask you what lessons did you learn. So see if what you remember. So the first lesson here is the qualification to hear Srimad Bhagavatam is to be non-envious, submissive, and attentive. These are the qualifications to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. And if you hear like this, then you will capture Krishna in your heart. Lesson number one. Then verse three is how the Vedas are desire chi, a Vedic literature and Bhagavatam 
is the ripened fruit. One time Gurudas asked Shri Prabhupada, what are the fruits in Goloka Vrindavan like? Shri Prabhupada said, no seed and no skin. <laughs> so Bhagavatam is like that. It's a fruit with no seed and no skin. Juice, only juice. Rasa. So Shukadev in the third verse urges us, drink this rasa of Srimad Bhagavatam. The liberated souls are drinking it, and that's why they're liberated. So you also can become liberated by drinking Srimad Bhagavatam. So part two uh, of this first chapter of Sages Worship Sutam, and we're going to learn another lesson here. This is where the Bhagavatam is spoken, Naimisharanyam, Sutta Goswami is speaking, they're glorifying him. And here is described what is the purpose of Bhagavatam, two purposes, Lokaya and Swargaya. Swargaya means Krishna who is glorified in Swarga, we want to please Krishna. And Lokaya is for the benefit of the people, two purposes of Bhagavatam, the benefit of the people and also to please Lord Krishna. These are two purposes, second lesson we learn here from the sages of Naimisharanya. Then the sages ask questions here in the third part, and these questions, uh, among the questions are, what is the ultimate good for people in this age of Kali? And what is the essence of all scriptures? And they ask also about the incarnations of Krishna. So then the holy name and devotees is the next section. And the beginning of Bhagavatam, we hear about the holy name at the end of Bhagavatam. Last verse is about chanting the holy name, Sankirtan, Sankirtan. And that will be the connection, last verse of Bhagavatam, not first kinto. Last verse of Bhagavatam is connection between Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita. They go one after another. So I'm going to read verses 14 and 15 from this book. Souls in birth and death image will find their consciousness refreshed by chanting Krishna's holy name, which frightens fear and spoils his game. So that's verse 14 over here. Here we have death personified, afraid of hearing Krishna's name. Verse 15, sages take shelter full and complete at Lord Krishna's odyssey and thus can quickly sanctify as Ganga does as years go by. It takes a long time to get purified if you bathe in Ganga, but you just see a devotee for a second. It's enough. It's enough to get um, your life's perfection. So here's the, the second lesson, the third lesson, sorry. Chant the holy name and become servant of the servant of Krishna to transcend death. Uh, chanting and devotee, Vaishnava Seva. So the end of chapter one, this is the whole chapter, spiritual master, he's the captain of the boat to take us across this ocean of Kali. Okay, we had four lessons in this picture. Does anybody remember one of the lessons here? Non-envious. Hmm? Non Qualification to hear Bhagavatam, non-envious, submissive, and attentive. Good. Any other lessons? If you hear Bhagavatam, you can get the Yes. You can see Krishna as a Yes, if you hear attentively, 
And Sivasuli Bhagavatam, you can see Krishna in the heart, capture Krishna, actually. He's already there, but yes, we cannot see him. We cannot see him. Okay, another lesson from this chapter. From Yes. There's two purposes, Swarga and Lokya. Ah, Lokaya. Lokaya and Swargaya. Two purposes of Bhagavatam. Benefit of the people and pleasure of Krishna. And you had something? I was saying the ripened fruit. Ripened fruit, okay. It's the ripened fruit, but it's like juice. Yeah, so we should drink it. Drink Bhagavatam. Okay, any other lessons? Yeah. Yes. Abandon all the knowledge. Yeah, abandon. Okay, connection between Gita and Bhagavatam. Yes, good. It's, it's kicking out all cheating religions from Bhagavatam, uh, Vyasadeva says in the second verse. Okay, and if you chant the holy name and serve the devotees, you can get quickly uh, perfection and transcend death. Let's see if there's anything else. Yes, I think that's it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Cheating religion is um, with some material motivation, like Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. These these things are cheating religion. Tarma. Tarma so it begins the beginning of second verse, Tarma Projito Kaita Vatra. Cheating Tarma. Cheating religion means the purpose is Kama, uh, sense enjoyment, or artha money or um, moksha even, if you want liberation, or to just be a religious good person. All of those are cheating religion. Just pure devotional service, and that we will hear in chapter 2. The answer to the questions of the sage Nayan Sharanya. We find chapter 2, here's part 1, Sutta worships Shukadev, prayers to Shukadev Goswami. And real dharma, here's the answer in verse 6. Um, the ultimate good for humanity and essence of all scriptures is pure devotional service to Krishna. That is not cheating religion. So pure devotional service is taught in Srimad Bhagavatam. And all other cheating religions are thrown thrown out. So this is the first lesson here that um, ultimate good for humanity, uh, essence of all religion, is to perform pure devotional service. Right. So then we can realize the absolute truth here, verse 11. Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. In verse 13, Varnashram's purpose is to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And that is the second lesson here. What is the purpose of Varnashram? To please Krishna. And Varnashram without pleasing Krishna will be a waste of time. So then I'll read verse 15. To cut through karma with a sword, remember Krishna, Supreme Lord. Who will not listen to Krishna Kata, intelligent men? No, this path goes far. So here he's cutting out his karma uh, by remembering Krishna. And 14 is about chanting the holy name again. It goes all through Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay. What lessons do we learn here in this picture, first part of chapter 2? Mm-hmm. 
ultimate good for all humanity is pure devotional service. Pure devotional service. Good. And the essence of our religions, too. See? Two questions, one answer. Okay, one more lesson we learned here. Mm -hmm. um, the purpose of our nashram is to please Krishna. purpose of our nashram is to please Krishna. Very good. Now we're going to study Shraddha to Prema here. Serving, it starts with serving the devotees. You get faith. You have to serve the book Bhagavat and the devotee Bhagavat. And then chanting and hearing. When that happens, the Lord cleans your heart. And then the famous verse, verse 18, Nashta Presha Vadeshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. So we'll read that verse from here. Hearing Bhagavatam each day for sure and service to the devotee pure removes an artness and makes you ready for devotional service that is always steady. So by serving Book Bhagavat, devotee Bhagavat, you get Nishta, you get steadiness in devotional service. That's verse 18. Passion and ignorance run away. You come to unalloyed goodness and you understand Krishna and all your karma is finished and the knot in the heart is cut to pieces. So the lesson, whoop, part two. Lesson we learned here is to serve, by serving Bhagavatam, you get nishta, you get steadiness and devotional service. Then the second part here is all about glorifying Vasudeva. <coughs> the purpose of sacrifice, knowledge, and yoga is to <coughs> realize Vasudeva. And the end is about the three Purushas, the Purusha avatars. So that was another question of the sages of Narasharanya, to describe the Purusha avatars. Okay, so we have one lesson here. Does anybody remember that lesson? that we had here in this chapter. Mm -hmm. the person Bhagavatam. Yes, by serving Bhagavatam or the Bhagavatas, we get? Nishta. Nishta, very good. Okay, chapter three, Pushavatars again, in more detail, and then Leela avatars, starting with four Kumaras, Varaha, Narada, Narnarayana, Rishi, Kapila, Damanch, Dattatreya, and Matsya Kurma, Dhammantari, Mahini, Nishinadev, Vamanadev, Ram, Krishna Balaram, Buddha, Kalki. So, all the way to Kalki, the end of Kali Yuga, I'll read verse 26. The Lord's incarnations flow endlessly like rivulets from a boundless sea. His innumerable forms, all divine, appear by his transcendental design. So part two, there is one verse all by itself. It's an emperor verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. And it just, at the end, the end of, it says, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, from whom all incarnations come. So this is the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, so this is the first lesson here. I'll read verse 28. Krishna is Godhead, the Supreme Person, with many incarnations, but he is the first one. They appear if there is atheistic disturbance to protect devotees wrapped in his remembrance. So then the second part here is called 
Janardhan, um, and it describes what happens if you hear about uh, the glories of Krishna morning and evening, then you will get relief from all miseries. And universal form is also here, and here we have the, the um, what is this, uh, the subtle, subtle material energy without form. It's, it's dark. Here's the universal form. So different aspects to meditate upon. And here we have the, at the end the rising sun of Bhagavatam, because the last question of the sages was, now Krishna has left the planet, where do we find knowledge, religion, and truthfulness? And the answer is Srimad Bhagavatam. It's the literary incarnation of Lord Krishna, and that's the second lesson we learn here. Krishna's literary incarnation. I'll read verse 43. The Bhagavad Purana, like the sun, has arisen, for men in this dark age have lost their spiritual vision. Krishna with knowledge and religion did depart. Now this Purana shall enlighten their hearts. Okay. So we had two lessons. Anybody remember? One lesson. Yes? Krishna? Supreme Personality of Godhead, yes? Is that what you wanted to say? Yeah, and second lesson? Yes? Source of all incarnations. Source of all incarnations. Second lesson? Stream of Literary incarnation of Krishna. Very good. You have learned. Shonaka's questions, he asks, he again glorifies Shukadeva Goswami. Yes, why did Pariksha give up his kingdom and give up everything to sit on Ganga? He asked about Vyasadeva, he asked about Shukadeva. Many, many questions Shonaka is asking. And here describes before writing Bhagavatam, Vyasadeva wrote Mahabharata, the Vedas, Vedanta. But on here it says, unsatisfied Vyasa meets Narada. Even though he wrote Vedanta Sutra, he wrote Mahabharata, Vedas, he was not happy, not satisfied. Must be there was something wrong with those books. So we will find out here in chapter 5, what was the problem? Narada questions yesterday, if you know, why are you unhappy? You describe Brahman, so many high, so much high philosophy. So Vyasadeva then questions Narada, he says, you know everything, you are my guru. So you tell me why I'm unhappy. Sometimes we go to guru and we expect the guru to tell us. Uh, why, what's my problem? <laughs> But so that's Vyasadeva. It all started from Vyasadeva. <laughs> he, he told his guru, "Tell me, you are all pervading uh, like the sun, so you understand my heart." So Narada told him. He chastised him. He said, "You have not described the glories of the supreme personality of Godhead, and that's why you are unhappy." People in general, they want to enjoy, and you have encouraged them. Uh, in the name of religion, the Vedas tell people how to perform sacrifices and go to the heavenly planets. So this is very bad. You must describe Krishna. 
So here we have, uh, in verse 10, so place of pilgrimage for crows. Place of pilgrimage. So what is the place of pilgrimage for crows? Let's find out here in verse 10. The places of pilgrimage for crows where Krishna Kata never flows are disliked by genuine sages and saints who are always free from mundane taints. Then you have the book. Now here's a devotee worshipping Srimad Bhagavatam. But the descriptions of the Lord are so different, being full of nectar of divine content. They bring about a true revolution. For misdirected lives, they give the solution. So, first, now this, here is a lesson that you're going to find all throughout the first canto in many, many chapters. And the lesson is, Krishna is all species, is, he's all auspicious, and Without his presence, everything is inauspicious. So because Yasudev did not uh, glorify Krishna enough, therefore inauspicious. It's, even though it's Vedanta, can you believe it? Place of pilgrimage for crows, Prabhupada said in one lecture. <laughs> he said Vedanta. Place of pilgrimage for crows. Ooh. Yes, pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. So. Um, now we go to the last. Krishna uplifts the fallen souls. Sometimes devotees go away, they fall down. But Krishna picks them up. So this is a lesson, second lesson. Even if a devotee falls down, he is protected by the Lord. So this described, you may perfectly engage in your occupational duties. You don't gain anything. But a devotee who in an immature, he gives up everything and takes to Krishna consciousness. Uh, even though he may be immature, he may fall down and leave, but there's no danger of his being unsuccessful. He will get everything. So I'll read verse 18 here. It's about don't waste time. Happiness comes of its own accord, and misery too due to karma stored. Philosophically inclined, intelligent men endeavor for going back to Godhead again. So, don't waste time. Uh, use your life for Krishna. So, we learned two lessons here. Anybody remember one lesson? Mm-hmm. Yes, Krishna is auspicious, and his absence, everything is inauspicious. So that means if we remember Krishna, everything will be auspicious. If we forget Krishna, everything will be inauspicious. And the second lesson, mm-hmm. Krishna protects the devotee even if he falls down, Krishna picks him up. Good. So now we're going to hear about the life of Narada Muni, but before that, we hear everything for Krishna. So here we see fire sacrifice, yoga, knowledge, um, fruit of activities. Purpose of all activities is to glorify Krishna. So all endeavors, this is the first lesson, all endeavors should be used to glorify Krishna. Now we hear the life of Narada. He's serving the sages. Prasadam here. He's he's uh, washing the floor. He's eating the remnants of their of their food. 
and they bless him when they leave. They, they are blessing him. And he's, he was a good boy. He wasn't naughty. He was a good boy. Good boy. I read verses 25, 26. I ate the remnants one auspicious day, and all my sins were washed away. I was transformed, purified of heart, thus my spiritual life did start. I heard their talk so attentively, and my taste increased proportionately. They spoke of Lord Krishna and how he appears. I drank it all in with wide open ears. So he did that. That is his. Narada Muni serves sages. Then, attraction for Krishna by hearing. So Narada explains how anyone can become attracted to Krishna while you perform your duties according to the order of Krishna, you should always remember him, chant his names, remember him while you do your duties. Then you'll get attraction for Krishna. Uh, then just glorify Krishna, that's the last, that's the conclusion. Narada to Vyasadeva, and um, he tells how he made spiritual progress. First he got knowledge, then he got mystic powers, then he got bhava, Narada Muni, in his life. So he's telling Vyasadeva, you should follow this. You should also glorify Krishna. Okay. So what lessons um, in this? There's only one, actually. Yes? Service to devotees. Hmm? Service to devotees. Service to devotees. Okay. Very good. Another lesson. There are more lessons than one. All our endeavors are meant to glorify Krishna. Good. Chapter 6, more now Vyasadeva asks about Narada's previous life. Narada tells him, I, had, I was the only son of my mother. We were, I was very attached. I went to Gurukul, but then my mother got bitten by a snake and died. So then he left home and he went traveling through cities, towns, forests, some, some very scary places and some very beautiful places. He stopped to drink water and sat under a banyan tree to meditate. So then in his meditation, he saw the Lord in the heart, but then the Lord disappeared. So he was crying. And the Lord spoke to him. He said, you have only seen me once, and this is just to increase your desire for me. Because the more you desire, me, the more you'll be free from all material desires. So then Narada goes on performing devotional service his whole life, then he changes his body and he gets immediately a spiritual body. And But then he goes back into Mahavishnu at the end of Rama's day because he's meant to be the son of Rama in his next life, although he has a spiritual body. And Narada travels without restriction everywhere with his vena. And he's always chanting Hare Krishna, Radhika Rama. And the lesson here, to be free from anxiety, always chant the Lord's glories. And that was his instruction to Vyasadeva here, to always chant. Those who are always full of cares and anxieties, and due to desire and contact of the senses with their objects, can cross the ocean of nations on a most suitable bow, constant chanting in the holy name of the Lord. Last one, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem, he said he went to Gurukul. Yeah, now he, it, it said that um, in the first, in the fifth chapter, he, he was at a school. He was at a, um, if you read the verses, I don't know which verse that was. Here, verse 8 of chapter 5. Let's see if I can find that, what it says. Uh, no, that's not what it says. So anyway, she showed a picture of his Gurukul there, Gurukul days. No, it does mention somewhere in the in that uh, in the his story that he was in a school. He w- or he he was studying. You have to read the beginning there to find out about um, about that. A uh, beginning of fifth chapter, of uh, first canto, first canto one chapter five. Just read uh, read the beginning about his life with his mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mataji, just a question. It's interesting that Narad Muni, after serving by all the devotees and taking their evidence, still went into the body of Mahavishnu. And yeah, yeah. Even and he had a spiritual body too. Yeah. yeah, because he had to preach. His purpose was not to go back to Godhead, but to stay here and preach. Okay. Yeah, he's in the Brahma Sampradaya, Brahma Narada. So he's he came he came back to preach. Yeah, even though his body is spiritual, he didn't come out like we did. Um, <laughs> he's traveling all over the universe and the spiritual world too. So. He has a spiritual body. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting that he did go back. And so sometimes uh, pure devotees, they, they do come back and preach. And they stay until the end of the material cosmic manifestation. And so yes, he, he, his second birth was as Narada Muni. When he's inside Narada he's in slumber? In slumber? You mean, uh, yeah, at the end of the day of Brahma, uh, he went, it's described, he went to uh, sleep in, in Mahavishnu with her, but he, it wasn't like us. We, we go there with all our karma, <laughs> and he didn't take any karma with him. He was liberated, so. Yeah, it's interesting that even sometimes liberated souls come back and, and, and stay liberated. He's deliberated. So there was a purpose for him to come back and preach. There was a purpose. So he came back, yeah. So the previous birth was in a previous day of Brahma. See, it was millions of years ago, maybe even billions. I think the day of Brahma is four billion years, so the night is four billion. It was four billion years ago, his last birth. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, and then he became liberated. Yeah, he's talking about the, the previous day of Brahma, which is four billion years ago. When the, uh, talking about his previous birth. So, how could he remember four billion years ago unless he's a liberated soul? We would forget after one birth, after one lifetime, we forget. After a few 
few years, after a few minutes, we forget. <laughs> uh, he could remember from four billion, four billion years ago. What was he doing in that time? Um, at, in, at night of Brahma, the night of Brahma, he was sleeping. Everybody sleeps. That's what most everybody does when they go to Mahavishnu at the end of Brahma's day. Um, Can I ask one question? Mm -hmm. in, the, in, the, in the heavenly planets, they don't have Kali either? Is it just like a black cloud? Um, no, they're, they are affected. They don't, they don't have Kali Yuga, but they're affected by it because they depend upon the people of Earth to do sacrifices. The demigods, they live on these sacrifices that we perform. So now they're suffering because we're, they're not getting their sacrifices. But they're happy because we're doing Harinam. Harinam, yeah, it's not good for the demigods either. Not good for the whole universe. Because it's part of the universal body, the Earth. And when the Earth is in trouble, then the universal body suffers. The universe suffers. Place, isn't it, for going back home? Yes, yeah. Earth is very good. Very good for us. People in other ages, they want to be bo born in Kali Yuga so they can go back, back to go ahead fast. Yeah. Okay, we're in chapter 7 now. Vyas Deva's vision. Well, he was sitting in meditation and he saw Krishna. And behind Krishna was Maya. And Maya was controlling all the condition souls. And so then he saw the only way that people could be benefited was if he wrote Srimad Bhagavatam, Paramahamsa Sangita. Because by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, then you get free from three things, lamentation, fear, and illusion, and devotional service awakens. So here we have lamentation, fear, and illusion running away from Srimad Bhagavatam class. So good to go to class. Now I will read verse 7 from 7th chapter, part 1. By hearing Bhagavatam, love for Krishna sprouts and material illusion is kicked out. A feeling for his service is sown in the heart. Lamentation and fear thus depart. So that's the lesson here. By hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, devotional service awakens and you're free from lamentation, fear, and illusion. So then Atmaramas here, um, all varieties of liberated souls desire to render devotional service. So Shukadeva was one example. I'll read that verse. Souls who are not materially bound are self-satisfied, yet still they are found, desiring to serve Him, the Supreme Lord, for in Krishna such spiritual attractiveness is stored. So, the last part, Arjuna chases Ashwatthama. Ashwatthama killed the five sons of Jopati. And um, Arjuna is still on his chariot from the battle. This is after the battle of Kukshetra. Krishna is still driving his chariot. And this is where we first see Krishna in Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is also a connection between Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. 
because Bhagavad Gita is spoken before the battle of Kukshetra, and now we see Krishna after the battle of Kukshetra. And the fight is still going on because of Ashvatthama. And Arjuna consoles Jopati and he chases after Ashvatthama. Um, so what was the lesson we learned in this picture here? Yes. Lamentation, fear, and illusion go away if we hear Srimad Bhagavatam. And devotional service comes. Part 2 of Chapter 7, Brahmastras foiled Arjuna through his Brahmastra to stop Ashwatthamas, but then both of them was destroying the world. So Arjuna took both of these Brahmastras back. Arjuna's test, he caught Ashwatthama, he tied him up, he brought him to the camp, and Krishna says, kill him! And Jopati says, spare him! And Bhishma says, uh, Bhima, not Bhishma, Bhima says, kill him! So Krishna had to go in between, I don't know where, yeah, that's over here, to stop Jopati on one side and Bhishma on the other side, one wanted to kill, wanted to save. So Krishna had to discover four hands to, um, to stop these two from fighting Bhima and Draupadi. And meanwhile, he said to Arjuna, you should kill him. But at the same time, he said, a Brahmana is not to be killed. So Draupadi was pleading the case. He is the son of our guru. So don't, don't kill him. Spare him, but don't let his mother become a widow like me. So Arjuna, that was Arjuna's test, what to do. And Yudhisthira, Yudhisthira and uh, the other Pandavas agreed with Jopati. Ashwatthama punished, he took the jewel from his head and shaved his head funny. And those, those that would make scars, so it would be permanent haircut <laughs> that he did. He took pieces out from different places, so it looked really strange. Um, and he was driven out of the camp. So this is the punishment of a Brahmin. So chapter 8, prayers by Kunti. Now after the battle, Krishna consoles the Pandavas. Everybody goes and offers water in the Ganga River. And then Krishna was ready to leave for Dwaraka. But then Uttara comes running she says, I feel like I'm getting a miscarriage, please save me. Because there's a Brahmastra sent to kill her embryo. And Krishna goes inside the womb and saves Pariksit from the Brahmastra. Now he's still on the chariot ready to go and Jopati comes and offers prayers. But actually she didn't come. Krishna went to her to get the blessings because you're supposed to go to your superiors and get blessings before you go on a trip. But she wasn't going to give her blessings, no. She, she will say something inauspicious, don't go. If somebody tells you don't go and you're starting a trip, that's not auspicious. Anyway, so here she's praying to Krishna, Krishna's quality, she's describing his, his names, Govinda, Krishna, Devaki Nandana, Kumara, Kumara Nandana, anyway, different names of Krishna. And then she describes his lotus qualities, 
I'll read verse 21. Govinda and Vasudeva are his names. He delights Rijvasis with his games. He loves the cows, he's Nanda's boy. I bow down to him, Devaki's joy. So those are the different names of Krishna. And then the second part of her prayer, she's grateful for the protection that Krishna gave to them. Um, and she prays for more more difficulties because she said, then you will come if when we're in difficulty. And she says, you are the property of the materially exhausted. I'll read verse 27. My Lord, you are owned by impoverished souls who've abandoned all material goals. Lord, above the modes, you're self-satisfied, most gentle, you, the monist guide. So here we have a lesson at the end. Krishna is easily approached by those who are materially exhausted. So part two, Krishna's birth. She tells different reasons. Why did Krishna come? Devaki and Vasudev prayed. Um, and then she describes the service of Mother Yashoda, the love of Mother Yashoda. I'll read verse 31. Yashoda Mataji bound you with a robe. To correct your offense was her good hope. You were afraid and cried real tears. Yet you aroused fear personified fears. And Brahma prayed. That's another reason why he came. Came to glorify pious kings like Yadu. Uh, here we have Yadu, Maharaj. No, that's not Yadu, that's Krishna. Okay. So, and if you meditate on his lotus feet, this is a really good verse. One, uh, one who continuously hears, chants, and is happy when others do so, will very soon see Krishna's lotus feet. So that's the lesson here in this, the first lesson. If you want to very soon see Krishna's lotus feet, chant here, remember, and be happy if others do so also. So Kunti's fear separation, now she's saying, your, your feet beautified our kingdom, but now if you leave, our kingdom will not be beautiful anymore. So as the Ganga flows to the sea, let my love flow to you. So here's the lesson, uh, again the same lesson, Krishna is present, everything is auspicious. If Krishna leaves, everything is inauspicious. Um, and I'll read verses 41 and 42. Is that, is that Kunti now, or is that Kunti? Kunti. Kunti. Yeah, it's Kunti. These are Kunti's prayers. You are the universal soul, personality who keeps things whole. O Lord of Madhu, let my attraction be drawn to you without distraction. As the Ganga River flows, to the sea, let my love be drawn to thee. So that's her prayer here in verses 41 and 42. And last section, Yudhisthira's lamentation. Now the battle of Kukshatra is over. Everyone, he says, everyone died just to put me as emperor. Uh, so he, and nobody can console him. Vyasadeva is there and Krishna, even Krishna cannot console him. All the sages, Nobody can console Yudhisthira. So why is that? Because Krishna wants Bhishma Dev to console him. Bhishma can do something Krishna cannot do. He can, he can console Yudhisthira and convince him to take up 
in the service of being emperor of the world. Okay, so we have two lessons here. Anybody remember one lesson? Yes? Ah, Krishna, property of material exhausted. Very good. Any other lesson? Here in Chan, be happy when others do so. And what will happen? See the lotus feet of Krishna very soon. Very soon. Good. Okay, so, second lesson. There's another lesson here. Yeah. Hmm. Right. In Krishna's presence, everything is unauspicious. Auspicious if he leaves us inauspicious. Okay. Pandavas approach Bhishma. Here he's lying. Bed of arrows, and he's welcoming everyone who comes. All the sages are coming. Uh, here's Shukadev, and different sages are coming from all over the universe, and Vishwadev is welcoming them, although he's laying in a bed of arrows. And he spoke. Now, the Krishna's plan that's the second part. We're going to learn a lesson here. Uh, Bhishma, he was speaking with tears in his eyes, seeing the Pandavas. What terrible sufferings you good souls suffer! for being the sons of religion personified. No one can know the plan of Lord Krishna, but you must accept the plan of Krishna and follow it. Now you are the emperor, and you should take care of those subjects who are rendered helpless. So I'll read verse 15. How wonderful is time's influence, irreversible even in Yudhisthira's presence. The Lord, their companion and intimate friend, yet trouble for their brothers had no end. So the lesson here, although we may not understand the Lord's plan, we must try to accept it and execute it. Yes, now Jagatrini is stuck in Vrindavan. She's wondering, what is Krishna's plan? She was supposed to come in January. And now it looks like she won't come till March, so, <laughs> yeah. She's trying to figure out Krishna's plan. Because of the wires? No, <laughs> because she can't get a ticket. <laughs> she had visa problem. She couldn't leave. They didn't know. She went to the airport, and she was not allowed to leave because she didn't register. So she had to go back to Vrindavan and register, and that took a week. And by that time, all the tickets, all the flights, flight that she wants to take, she cannot get until March. All the there. She has a special flight that she has, some points or something. That's not happened available. to us, that's happened to us to her. Flight. When she broke her knee, she had to stay there for you know, months, I think. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so yeah, here we go again. But this time it was Visa. Yeah, so Krishna's plan is a lesson. We may not understand it, we should try to accept it and execute it. Bhishma appreciates Krishna, and uh, there's a beautiful verse here. I'll read verses 23 and 24. By devotion and chanting of the holy name, a dying devotee is released from mortal frame. Krishna appears in his servitor's mind and takes him home because he's so kind. My beautiful Lord, with reddish eyes, smiles at me as my life expires. May he await my moment of death. I will think of him with my last breath. 
So second lesson, Krishna appears in the mind of the devotee who attentively chants and hears the holy name and saves him at the time of death. If you chant the holy name, Krishna will appear in your mind and save you at the time of death. Second lesson. And what was the first lesson? Mm -hmm. Krishna. The mind and soul cannot understand the uh, Krishna's, Krishna's plan. plan, but should accept and execute it. Accept and execute it. Good. And second lesson that we just heard. Chanting. Chanting, yes. We chant attentively the holy name. Krishna will appear in your mind and save you from death. Good. So here's the last picture for today. Tomorrow we'll, this is chapter 9. Tomorrow we'll do the last 10 chapters. Bhishma instructs Yudhisthira and Ranasham and duties of everyone and he's describing how he should take up the post of emperor and then he prays to Krishna his final prayers, let me see you as Parthasarthi. That was his vision, that was his istade, his meditation on Krishna. So I'll read verse 38. May Lord Shri Krishna be my destination, that supreme person who awards liberation. He charged at me on the battlefield with bloody wounds and scattered shield. My arrows had hurt his tender skin. Now I only think of him. So what, another lesson we learn here, why did Krishna take up that wheel to kill Bhishma? He, he broke his promise. He promised not to fight, but he broke it. Why did he break it? So that Bhishma's vow could be upheld. He, was, he broke his promise not to fight so that he could uphold Bhishma's vow that if he doesn't fight, then Arjuna will die. So Krishna sees the devotee's words more important than his own. And that's why he tells Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita, you declare Bodhi, my devotee shall never perish. So that's the lesson here. And then Bhishma goes back to Godhead. He stops speaking and flowers, demigods shower flowers, and he meditates on Krishna with four arms and goes to Vaikuntha planet. Okay, what was the lesson here um, in this picture? Yes, Krishna, he will uphold his devotee's promise more than his own. I think you can turn off the AC now, it's pretty cool. Thank you. Uh, okay, any questions? Yes. Um, and the history, Vedic history, is known from the very beginning. Krishna's character was not the very triumph, um, but uh, nevertheless, on his death, he has such a glorious perspective, unimaginable, un unimaginable for most of people yeah. in the universe. Yeah, Krishna. Um, yeah. Krishna. Yeah, all the sages came, all the, sages the Pandavas came, including Sudha Devaswami, who ran, and Father was calling, he did not come, came. 
but for his dying and he comes to see him yeah and all the other word says is can you say something yeah well according to sixth canto bhishma is one of the 12 mahajans so he's very special he's 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 Bhishma, uh, Janaka, Bali, Narada, Brahma, Yamaraj, they are the twelve Mahat. So he's one of the twelve, uh, Shukadev, uh, one of the twelve Mahajans. So therefore, that's why Krishna brought everybody to him to show how wonderful Bhishma was. He doesn't look like from him. Externally, uh, he, you may not think he is such a great devotee because he, he fought on Duradhan's side. But actually, Krishna revealed how great he was. He wanted to show how great a devotee. Even I cannot console Yudhisthira, but Bhishma can. Bhishma could do something, Krishna could not. He's one of the twelve Mahajans. Bhishma, Janaka, Bhishma. Narada, Swayambhu. Yes, twelve Mahajans. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain again, Chad, what the point when he's got the wheel and he's going to... So can you explain why he's doing that? Yeah, because um, Bhishma, um, the night before, Duryodhan told Bhishma, you're not fighting nicely. You're just, you just want to protect, you're attached to the Pandavas. So, you're, so he, Duryodhan criticized him. So Bhishma said, okay, I've got five special arrows to kill the Pandavas. And Duryodhan said, okay, give them to me, I'll keep them. And Krishna told Arjuna, go to Duryodhana and ask for those arrows, because Duryodhana um, promised that he would give a boon to Arjuna. So then Arjuna went and begged, and, and Duryodhana gave the five arrows. So then he told Bhishma, and Bhishma said, never mind. If, if Krishna doesn't fight tomorrow, I will kill one of the Pandavas. I will kill the Pandavas. So he made that vow. And, and so Krishna had to fight to protect Arjuna and to protect, so too, too he had to protect Arjuna's vow in Bhagavad Gita that I shall, my devotee shall never perish. Krishna spoke through Arjuna and he had to protect Bhishma's vow that if, if he doesn't fight then I will kill Arjuna. So that's the wheel. The wheel was Krishna fighting. Arjuna's chariot was broken. He picked up the broken wheel and started running, charging towards Bhishma to kill him. And Bhishma said, yes, okay. <laughs> kill me. <laughs> yeah. Is that, has anyone um, recorded that on audio? I don't know. Yeah, um, what? Oh, that, that was a lecture of Prabhupada. So it, it will be, you will hear it on audio. Prabhupada tells that story on one of his lectures. But is it also recorded like no, it's Prabhupada's lecture, so it's Prabhupada himself. Oh, Mahabharata, I don't think so. I don't think it's on audio. Yeah, that, that, that would be in Mahabharata, yeah. Big Mahabharata. Yeah, yeah, 100,000 verses, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes? Why is it that uh, Rima knows that uh, that Rodan are doing the wrong thing? 
Why does? Why does he still supporting him? He could have support. Why is Bhishma supporting Duryodhan? He's obligated. He's obligated because he he was living there in the palace with them, and they were supporting him. Yeah, his whole life he lived in the palace, and Yudhishthira and Duryodhan were supporting him. He was like the grandfather. So he lived in that family. So he felt that he had to um, reciprocate with their support. They took care of him his whole life, so he must fight for them. And also, that was his relationship with Krishna. Chivalrous, he liked to fight with Krishna. So two reasons. <laughs> If he was on Arjuna's side, he couldn't fight with Krishna. Yeah, that's so, his relationship. So he knows that it is actually wrong. He knows, yeah, he knows, he knows. Yes, he knows it's wrong, but, and that's why he had to die. He could not survive the battle. He could not survive the battle. But he had the boon from his father that he would die at his will. And that's why he stayed alive for such a long time until he could see Krishna, the time of death. He kept himself alive. I mean, any normal person would die if you have arrows through your whole body. And it, this is very abnormal to stay alive. But he did it. He had that, that benediction from his father that he would die at his will when he wanted. So he chose to die when Krishna came in front of him. He was waiting. Is it true that he was like that for 56 days? Something like that. It was a long time. He waited till the sun moved to the north. Waited till the sun moved to the north. Yeah, auspicious. Huh? And, he, and he was, he was meant to advise you to see how to move Yeah, he was meant to give that instruction to you to steer. Yeah. I don't know if it's 56 days, but it was some. It was a lot of days. He was waiting because the sun goes to the north, and that's auspicious time to leave, when the sun travels in the, in the north. Then, then you come back. <laughs> Unless, you're, if you're a devotee, you don't have to really worry about these things. But he did that. He he did it anyway. The best time to leave the body. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to the part where uh, Narayana is instructing Vyasadeva to compile Shrimad mm -hmm. um, um So prior to that, was it that Vyasadeva compiled just before? Divisions of the Vedas? Yeah, he did the four Vedas and Mahabharata and Vedanta Sutra. Does that mean that the Upanishads are part of the Vedanta Sutra? Yeah, Upanishads are part of the Vedas. Upanishads. He did the Upanishads, the Vedanta Sutra, the Vedas. It's part of, it's considered Shruti. Could you please help me understand the different classifications of Vedas? Um, well there's two, Shruti and Smriti. So Shruti is directly spoken by the Lord, and Smriti is revealed, revealed 
by the Lord, written by sages. Um, so, Shruti Smriti includes Mahabharat, Puranas, and Shruti, Shruti is um, the Vedas, Upanishads, Vedanta Sutra, and Smriti is Mahabharat and the Puranas. So in this age of Kali, everyone is born a Shudra by birth. So nobody is qualified to study the Vedas. So for in this um, time of age of Kali, but everybody can read Mahabharata and um, the Puranas. That is for this age of Kali. Mm -hmm. Ramayana is also uh, history. Mahabharata and Ramayana are histories. Hist itihas. Itihas. Histories. You had a question? Yeah. No, Gita says it's not necessary. Because Gita eighth chapter talks about auspicious and auspicious times. Yeah. In the end of eighth chapter and it says but verse 27 says, for the devotee, he doesn't have to worry. But in those days, they were following all the rules, Kshatriya rules, uh, time rules, you know, so Bhishma was following the rules, you know, and the, uh, they were still in Dwarpa Yuga. So it wasn't Kali Yuga until, Kali Yuga will hear tomorrow, when does Kali Yuga start? The hour, the day, the moment that Krishna leaves, Kali Yuga starts. So it wasn't Kali Yuga yet. So they were following the rules. Kali Yuga, there's nobody can follow. <laughs> nobody can follow the rules. Yes? Yeah, they were following Varnasham in those days. They were following, this is part of, you know, auspicious times. And Prabhupada did it a little bit. He did, you know, auspicious times to travel, no, not on Thursday afternoon, and not on Akadashi. He followed it a little bit. Yeah. So Kali Yuga, you can't really follow all these rules. Can't really. Very, very difficult. Yeah, he would avoid traveling on the Kadashi and Thursday afternoon. Why Thursday afternoon? Yeah, it's, it's an auspicious time to travel. <laughs> Yeah, I have to travel on Thursday afternoon, so <laughs> I looked up the time. I asked Siri on my phone, what's the inauspicious time? And it said 1.30 to 3. So I'm going to leave at 3, Thursday afternoon. Every day has a time of Rahu, every day of the week, and it's different for every day. So Thursday it comes in the afternoon. Astrologers won't do their uh, readings and Thursday afternoon. Yes. Sorry, last one. 
Is there a difference between Itihas and Puranas? Or the yeah, there's a difference. Itihas is histories, Ramayana Mahabharata. They're, they're, um, Mahabharata means history of greater Bharat. Bharat is India, but Mahabharata means the whole world. The whole world used to be Bharadvarsh. Now it's only shrunk into India. But before, and that's why it's called Mahabharata, because it's the history of the whole world, Mahabharata. Ramayana's history. Puranas are, um, uh, uh, they're not history exactly, uh, but they are uh, descriptions of the incarnations of Krishna and Krishna himself. And it's not chronological so much. It's not in order like begin. Otherwise, we would start Bhagavatam beginning of creation. But creation doesn't come until second, third canto. So it's not chronological. Histories are chronological. Bhagavatam is not. Uh, another question somebody had? Uh-huh. I was just thinking uh, Ekadesi is uh, like auspicious day. I'm just wondering why not travel. I don't know why. I'm not an astrologer. <laughs> But yeah, yes, we have. I have had. I have experience when I travel in Akadishi. Something always happens. One time, my my, I was flying on Akadishi, and the engine of the plane caught on fire, and we had to turn back. We were over over the ocean, flying out of Bombay. We had to go back. Yeah. I think that's because. Uh, sorry, to repeat. Um, because. Uh, Chaturmasya is supposed to be auspicious day. All the people try to stay in one place and chant to read. Chaturmasya is auspicious place, so saintly people try to stay. You're supposed to stay home and chant. But Prabhupada encouraged everyone to go out and preach. So even on Akadashi, said even you have to, if you have to preach, if you have, don't eat anything to eat, you can eat grains on Akadashi if you're preaching. For preaching, he threw out all the rules. No, he, he would. Yeah. Yeah, it's auspicious for chanting and hearing, not for traveling. But if you're preaching, then what can you do? Any other questions? Is it true that the Bhagavad Gita talked also he didn't travel and again and yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Bhagavad You mentioned after Bhagavad Gita, Shema Bhagavatam. That's right. Yeah. It starts where Gita ends. But isn't it Shema Bhagavad Gita? It's like a it's what? It's like code. Code, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also that's yes, that's true. Expansion. Yeah. It's true. Gita is like a seed and Bhagavatam is the seed uh, sprouting, fruits, flowers. Yeah, it's expansion of Bhagavad Gita. That too. That too. But also it starts when Gita ends at also. So two things can go on simultaneously. Gita plants the seed, and then Bhagavatam 
the seed comes out and sprouts. You can look at it that way. So where the, the end of the seed is when the plant comes. Right? You don't see the seed after when the plant comes. <laughs> so Gita is the seed. Gita is the seed and the plant comes out from the seed. Yeah, so that's the end of the seed. <laughs> okay, any other? Yes? Mataji, um, you mentioned how Varnashram Dharma is meant to glorify Krishna. Please, Krishna, right. Please, Krishna. Um, how, how can we apply Varnashram Dharma in Kaliyuga? How can we, we apply Varnashram Dharma? How Srila Prabhupada applied it was that everybody has some occupation to do. Varnasha means you have an occupation. So you should do that occupation to please Krishna. So you can, you, some people are artists, they paint for Krishna, some are writers, they write, some are teachers, they teach. And that's direct. And indirectly, you do your job and you give, you purify your money by giving donation to Krishna, so you can, and that way you're working for Krishna. And so the Rana is your your um, occupation. And ashram is, is how you live your life, so if you're brahmachari, you worship Krishna, if you're grihastha, you worship, make your house a temple, Ganaprastha, renounce life. So all of the ashrams are meant to glorify Krishna and the varnas also. So whatever kind of job you have, you can purify it by doing it for Krishna. What occupation? What's your natural? Um, what is your nature? Anybody else have a question? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, and first time they recited Srimad Bhagavatam, the Gokarna heard attentively and instantly went back to the Godhead. And but others they did not. Right, they didn't hear attentively. <laughs> so and question was asked and the answer was given as you said. Um, but then the Bhagavatam recited again mm. and it was related to everybody that they were not attentive. And then they were all conscious, so they all attended. Yes. They all went back to They all went. Yes. So, truly, my question is now, if we hear Bhagavatam attentively. If we hear Bhagavatam attentively. We can go immediately. Yes, you can go immediately. But usually, uh, your attention span doesn't last very long. Um, so, yeah, every. It means attentively means. Every minute, every second, your mind is there. But Srila Prabhupada, he didn't recommend Bhagavad Saptaha too much. He said we should hear Nityam Bhagavata Seva, means every day, every day, every day. And then you will go back to Godhead. You will also go. Very, I know, after millions of births, this is quick, you know, this small, small life. It's it's fast. It's fast. Any other questions? Jai, Goishu, Prabhupada, Hare Krishna.